All right, sir. We're going to get started here. Okay. Are you comfortable? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. All right. Now, now don't, don't be nervous. Yeah. A colonoscopy is a very simple procedure. Yeah. I've done a million of them. Nothing okay. to worry about. Okay, okay. All right. Let's get started. All right. And uh, again, I just need you to relax. I'm trying, doctor. It says in my notes here, your name is... Uh, your name is Harold? No, it's Howard. Oh, I'm Howard. sorry. Can't read my own writing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Howard. Uh, Howard. Howard, let's get started with the uh, the colonoscopy now. Sure. Okay. You're going to feel a little pressure. Howard's end. Oh, 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 oh. Will not be presented at this time. Anybody ever call you Howie? So that we can bring you the following special podcast. You look like you've been getting a little sunshine, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for a peculiar podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. Me, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it. Yeah. It's love and time. Now I have to admit to you, Lisa, I've never heard of this fellow before, but I'm not a big jazz guy. But uh, Ralph Peterson Jr., jazz drummer and band leader, has passed away at the age of 58. And they say that he was maybe the most prominent drummer of his generation, uh, an educator, a mentor. And this is Ralph Peterson thundering away. Did you ever want to be a drummer? I Yes, I, I was just going to tell you that. I wanted to be a girl drummer because I just thought that would be very cool to yeah. do. And so I started in, I don't even know, I think it was junior high when you started taking music school or music classes or yeah. band. I don't know what it yeah. was. And they here's the pisser about that. They don't even give you a drum <laughs> to start with. No, you got to get your own equipment, right? No, no, no. They give you a stupid little brick to tap on. Oh, like that's a little, right. yeah. Like a little... I don't even know what it's called. It's like a little lame drum rubber block. It makes no <laughs> makes just, no sounds, but you're just apparently supposed to get used to rhythm and how to hold your sticks. Mm, and yeah. So it was very unfulfilling, and I quit. I quit before I even got the real drum. Yeah, I'm like, well, this is BS. I'm not doing this. I was supposed to be a piano player, pianist, and I quit too, and I'm not going to go through that whole story again. But uh, it uh, because it's rather tawdry, but... Uh, yeah, but I the drumming. The only problem with being a drummer is all the equipment you got. If you get a full drum kit, yeah. you got to schlep that around with you, and that's not. Fun. That's a good point. Better you need to, a minivan. Yeah. You got to be a. You have to have a minivan to be a drummer. Yeah, if you you're really a, do. A flutist or whatever they call it. What do they call it? A flautist. Yeah, a flautist. That's something then like you, that, or even you need a bicycle. That's yeah, it. Maybe an oboe or something. Even a <laughs> even a trumpet is relatively portable, but a drum yeah. set. I mean, you or might as the, well. You might as also play the piano while you're at it and drag that yeah. around with you. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Or the hey, by the way, uh, that reminds me that a few years ago, uh, you might recall. I, I was going to bring this up again because I don't know if it's something that is still happening, but for several years in a row, I emceed a thing through a friend of mine uh, that he put together. It was his idea. I didn't have anything to do with it, and it was an attempt to set a Guinness World Record. For drummers drumming at the, all at the same time, like 
not the length of time, but the number of them? The number of drummers, yes. And uh, I can't remember what the number we wound up with was, but it was well over 500. And it was, and we did it. Where did you put them all? We put it, well, we first we did it at a big airport hangar over in Tacoma. Uh, and then we later moved it to, uh, the, the, the last place we did it that I can remember was at the Tacoma Dome. And they, like the entire Gosh. Tacoma Dome is filled, and there are people <laughs> of all ages. There's women, there's men, wow. there's old men, there's little kids. They all got their own drum kits. That was the requirement to, to be a part of the record. And then this guy would also bring in prominent drummers from the area uh alan white who was a drummer for uh, the group yes and uh, i remember one famous drummer his name was reek havoc <laughs> that was his name and guys that played for heart and uh, other groups uh, Alan White, uh, that I mentioned a moment ago, he is the drummer on John Lennon's song, Imagine. Imagine all the people living for today. So, as a part of this event one year, we had Alan leading off, playing the drum part, and we played the song Imagine over the PA system. And it was really cool, like 500 plus drummers all drumming along to that song. Pretty inspiring wow. and pretty impressive. Yeah, pretty that's really yeah. cool. I don't think you've ever told me that story. One year we got Gerard Schwartz, who was the... Uh, was the conductor of the Seattle Symphony to come and be the guest uh, conductor for this thing. The only thing about all these drummers drumming was that it is incredibly deafening, as you can imagine. I was going to say. So you got it. Everybody had to wear earplugs. You had to wear earplugs, but even that didn't help. And I remember my eyes, my ears would just ring for days Uh, afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what. Plus you feel it. Not only hear it, but you feel it pounding through your I want to go back to the piano thing because I wanted to ask you. So I, you know, my choice as a child was I wanted to play the drums. When you, were you told that you were going to learn the piano? Yeah. Or was that your desire? No, okay, no, so that was not you, my desire. What did you want to learn? Uh, well. Uh, did you I, want to learn an instrument? And you're like, crap, I got the piano. Today, I'm, today I tried plinking away at the piano. But as a kid, I just wasn't into it. And it was, uh, you know, it was too too severely disciplinary. Uh, we, I had a kind of a, a music... Te- well, I went to a Catholic school, Catholic grade school, and there was a nun that was the music teacher, and she did not suffer fools, and she did not love her... Uh, did, did not suffer laggards uh, <clears throat> at all, which I kind of was. Was it part of your t- teachings, or was it a, a tradition in your family? Who forced you on the piano is what I want to know. My non-piano playing parents. Yeah. Ah, they just thought that would make you a better kid. Yeah, well, I you know, I'm piano. I'm the oldest. I was their first kid. So when you when you have your first kid, you want them to I don't know, set a standard for the other uh, offspring to come or to just which, give them every advantage you can. Let which, them learn did, languages. Did you? I, I had to take Latin <laughs> in junior high, for example. I hated it. But 
they thought, well, uh, to be a well-educated person, he must speak Latin. Probably Greek was coming next. And uh, and I get the value of all those things, but... Uh, yeah, I know, but if it's, you're just not again, into it, your your yeah, parents are wasting their money. It's it's not. I think it's so much more valuable to to let children sort of figure out what their in, where their interests lie and help support them in that. Unless they're weird interests, then yeah, yeah you just probably yeah. wouldn't want to do that. Like so. uh, in necrophilia or <laughs> yeah, robbing or, banks or, or something like or, that. Or yeah, you know, making voodoo dolls. You don't want to really. So then later in my school career, I, my parents decided, I know, I bet he'll love to play the trumpet. And so, yeah, I thought, that's cool. Trumpet's cool. Oh, you cool. did like that. Okay. Yeah, I thought that's, that, that's kind okay. of a jazzy, boys sexy Boys kind of like, yeah, boys like the trumpet. Yeah. I don't know what that is. And uh, so uh, we tried me, we tried, uh, <laughs> I tried out on the trumpet and I, and I, I was not very good at it and some music professor told my parents, you know, the problem with your son is he doesn't have a lip. He doesn't have a lip to play the trumpet. Oh, and so, I didn't know that. So they you switched me. You do have me. pretty thin lips. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, although uh, I, they got pretty fat one time when I ran into a wall, and they stayed that way for quite a you while. You should have tried to take it up the trumpet that day. Yeah, I guess I should have. Uh, and, and apparently he also insisted that with my thin lips, I couldn't play the piano very well either, and I never understood that. So then they decided. You poor thing. So You're then like, they decided. What? Is well, there what me? kind of uh, what kind of brass instrument could he play? And they came up with. You you may never have even heard of this instrument. It's called the baritone. I thought that was a singer. No, it, it's That's a, an it's instrument? an instrument, and it's somewhere I think in between a tuba. Which would have been oh, and a French horn, utterly ignominious, and a French horn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I but see. it's not sexy. It's oversized. You look like a nerd <laughs> carrying that around. But I tried that. Yeah, the for a tuba while. players, the tuba players in high school were not getting any. No. That is for sure. <laughs> you never go to a concert to hear a uh, you know a solo tuba player. I mean, maybe a saxophone player or a right. trumpet player, but not the, the tuba's just kind of a. It's yeah. like going and listening to a solo timpani concert. Right. It just isn't. Right. Something... But we gotta have them. That's oh, the, you gotta that's have the them. Thing. Yeah. You gotta have the tuba players. They are yeah. important to the whole setup. Yep, you gotta have them. That's for sure. So, speaking of musicians, then we'll move on to, to other things. Uh, I read this cool article recently uh, about somebody I'd never heard of, but in his day, he apparently was a huge star, and he traveled all over the world uh, with his musicianship. But uh, a woman in 1849 on a Georgia plantation gave birth to a baby boy. They named him Thomas, and Thomas was born blind. And so, since Charity was a slave, she figured, oh my gosh, now my kid's going to be considered this big burden by the slave owners, and they'll who knows what they'll do to him. So, she, uh, she begged her new owner 
to uh, who, who is a real pro-slavery guy, by the way. She said, please mm-hmm. keep my family together. He agreed. He bought her family, and they kept uh, Tom in the family. So within 10 years after he was born, Tom becomes this touring musical phenomenon, and he made up to like a hundred grand a year, which would be like a million dollars plus today. Well, what did he do? He, what was he playing? He played his own compositions. He improvised on the piano. He and he was able to replicate note for note just anything he heard. You could play okay. him a classical piece once, and he could nail it. Wow! Uh, so he so he, he was he was a piano player. He didn't play anything else. Uh, he I think he did. He played some other kinds of instruments. In fact, I'm, I'm going to kind of scan the article, but I remember reading that he actually did a thing where, let me see if I can find it. Oh, he had an obsession with sounds, rain yeah. and wind and tools and kitchen pans and clapping and shouting. So he uh, he would plunk out keys on the piano, and then he would could play two other things at the same time. What? Yeah, like he he would play like three things all at once using cluster chords, a lot of, way before that was a thing in music. And he just, he just blew people away. Wow. And it was just something he could do. Very curious. And uh, the story goes on. And But I, uh, there was a little bit of music of Blind Toms that was recorded. And this had to be when audio recording was very, very new and primitive. But here's a little bit of Blind Tom. Anyway, Tom lives to wow. be about 59 years old, dies in 1908 in an apartment in Hoboken, and as you can guess, most of that $100,000 a year he never saw. Of his uh, slave owner, <laughs> his slave of owner course. kept most of it, but yeah, fascinating wow. story, uh, worth reading. It's in the uh, New York Times March 7th issue, if you get a chance to look at that. On the same, in the same edition, there's a thing in the Arts and Leisure column about how the ballet body is, oh, hey, did you hear that? Ding, did you just have an idea? No, my fries are up. <laughs> but the ballet bodies of, of the professional ballet people is are changing now. They're saying, you know what, I don't want to weigh, I don't want to weigh 75 pounds in order to be a ballerina. So I'm going to... I'm going to live a normal life, and I'm going to be whatever size I am, and that's increasingly a trend in in uh, in the ballet world. Which is because the idea was that you would always just try to look waif thin, because that that was said to make you look more graceful and more oh. whatever in, in that particular art discipline. I thought it was so you didn't. I thought it was so you didn't kill the guy who was lifting you up. Well, that would help. I mean, you, you got. Let's face it. I mean, that'd be. That'd be tough if you were pushing 300 pounds and in the, <laughs> right. during Swan Lake, he's got to pick you up and flip you around. 
uh, that like... reminds me of the hippos in the tutus in that cartoon. Yes. Um, uh, what is it? I think yeah. it was a Disney cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, it was the the Disney. Yeah. Was that in Fantasia? Maybe. Mouse. Fantasia. Like... Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and they looked graceful enough on their little hippo toes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was huh. also noticing that there is a uh, ad for um, a Broadway. Pl- no, it's a documentary. This uh, uh, Sunday paper is filled with full-page ads uh, begging people to consider certain movies to be Oscar nominees. Oh, I know. So it's fun. It's fun to read through. And there's a documentary, they said, for your consideration, called Dick Johnson is Dead. Just the idea that I might ever lose this man is too much to bear. He's my dad. Let's start walking. Just start walking to me. That's fantastic. I suggested we make a movie about him dying. (laughs) He said yes. (laughs) That is brutal. Hmm. I haven't heard of that. Yeah, and I don't even know what it's about, but I do know that one of my better friends is named Dick Johnson. So (laughs) I said, hey, here's a documentary you've got to see, man. You'll love it. That's very funny. That's very, very funny. Uh, I watched, uh, have you seen the movie Mank yet? No, that's on my list. That 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 was my onion rings that time. Go ahead. <laughs> That's rumored to be up for consideration for an Oscar. It certainly was for the Golden Globes. Yeah. Um, but uh, that is on my list. It looks fantastic. I just love. I just. It just looks great. And Gary Oldman, just for me, I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, but I think he's just a fantastic actor. Well, he I is. Really, he is, and he's yeah, not. He is. If you say who are the great American actors, or maybe he's not even American. I don't know. But who are the great actors of today? Uh, his name would never come up immediately but it should because he is yeah, so he incredibly is. diverse he, he sometimes you can't even recognize him in in some of these roles that he does he's astounding mm-hmm. and he's really good yeah. in this he'll probably be nominated i don't think this kind of movie would would win best picture but it's beautiful to look at it's shot in that's black the and other white thing yeah that's the other thing that that appealed to me just looking at the trailer it just it's so interesting to look at that yeah. even with all being in black and white it's just got some depth to it and yeah. there's just, there's it's so vivid i don't can't explain it but it is really gorgeous yeah it really is and it's not just because it's shot in black and white it's got other kinds of cinematic qualities yeah. and beautiful lighting and detail yeah, that that's it, it yeah. it's hard to yeah, explain absolutely. but it, it's really cool man it's orson welles of course it is i think it's time we talk what is it the writer says tell the story you know are you familiar with the parable of the organ grinder's monkey <laughs> And one thing I loved, and I don't know what these are called. I should have looked it up. But, you know, um, when you watch older movies, especially movies when they used to actually put them on film, and then those films would be put on twin projectors in a movie theater as people watched them, there would be a little mark up in the upper right part of the screen, just a little blip that would appear. And it was a signal to the projectionist that you have 10 seconds now, and then you're going to have to change to the next reel. And they put that in this movie, totally <laughs> just kind of like a, a oh, salute and a nod to how movies used to used to work 
And I just loved little touches like that. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I watched... Good um, stuff. What did I watch? Oh, uh, the Chicago Trial of the Chicago Seven was yeah. on on my list. Did yeah. you see that? That no, was that's on my really, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very well done. And I'll, it's just it, it's 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 a courtroom drama, but of course it's about the the peaceful protests of Vietnam resistors, and it's just well done the way they unfold the story in the courtroom with flashbacks, and it's really well done. It's very. Um, compelling to, to sit through. Yeah. We want to underscore again that we're coming to Chicago peacefully, but whether we're given permits or not, we're coming. We're going to Chicago to protest the Vietnam War. And there's no place to be right now, but in it. We watched for a decade while these rebels without a job tell us how to prosecute a war. Well, they're going to spend their 30s in a federal facility, real time. People say, you know, Abby, are you concerned about an overreaction from the cops? Holy shit. You all right? It was until it's all there. Are the people ready to make opening arguments? And I think people who only know Sasha Baron Cohen yes. from his uh, goofy yes. Borat movies. Do you want to pay for the entire stay now? I pay for one night. Fine. How all much? Right. One night is $117.13. We'll call it 85 no, we can call it 117. Let me get the door for you. Come on in. Oh, very nice. Very nice room. Not in the room yet, sir. Hold on. You might want to repack your things. We're no. going to be moving again shortly. I will not move to a smaller room. Sir, this is your floor. I'm going to take you to your room. This is not my room? This is the elevator. It takes you to the floor where your room is. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Are going to be surprised first he of all to discover great. that he's that he's British, yeah. in some cases, but also that he's really a good actor. He's yes, he is. got a lot of depth. Uh, I, he's very impressive. Yeah. I'm a sucker for anything that Aaron uh, Sorkin does. Yes. Anyway, yeah. from going back movie, to yeah. West Wing, he's a great writer. Yeah. And, Sasha um, Baron Cohen won a couple of Golden Globes too for the, what, what you're yeah. calling those silly Borat movies, but. Um, yeah, he did win a couple of Golden Globes, so. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Uh, let's see, what else uh, have I seen? I, can't, I, I I meant to write these down. I forgot them. But there's there's a lot of good stuff out there, in the, as, as you and I both know. I did and, watch that movie you recommended that I watch, um, which now I can't remember what that movie was last oh, time. Oh, I think it was called uh, I Care About You a yes, Lot. Yes, I, I, I Care a Lot. I Care About You. Or I care a lot, whichever it was. I care a uh, lot. I think it was called. Just <laughs> it was really, it was good, and I can see why people were not because a lot of people said it doesn't know what it wants to be. Does it want to be a dark comedy or does it want to be a thriller? And I think it's or it's I think it's a kind of a marriage of both. But I yeah. enjoyed it. I thought yeah, it was very too. well done. Yeah, I thought I just it's one of those movies you say I don't know if I recommend it to everybody. No, but, no, not. But uh, so. to certain folks, I like a good yarn. It's a it's yeah. a good twisty, turny one, and uh, I would defy most people to see the ending of it uh, coming. Yeah, uh, I agree. For the most part, yeah, I it's, agree. It's yeah, good stuff. Yeah. So let's see what else. Oh, so you know, I'm you reading this uh, book. Somebody sent me this book because uh, they know I love re to read stuff like this. But it's an older book uh, called Johnny Tonight, and it's about uh, Johnny Carson back when he was on the Tonight Show, of course. 
They never called it really the Tonight Show. It was the Johnny Carson Show. Oh, let's face yeah, it, you're right. I didn't him. think about that. Well, it was called the Tonight Show, but for all intents With and purposes. Uh, this book came out in 1980 by an author named Craig Tennis. It's got some good, salacious stuff in it. I, lo- I like that. But he worked on the staff, so he observed a lot of these things firsthand with Carson. Mm-hmm. Talked about, uh, uh, you know, how uh, how unknowable he kind of was. He was a, kind of a private guy. He didn't pal around really with anybody much. And uh, he uh, he had certain standards, and he, he, he would not do well. You could see his insecurities come up. Uh, Craig Tennis writes when he would be when he would have a guest that he thought was smarter than him or more talented than him uh, he, he would be you could see he was uh, overtly intimidated by guests like that he liked those that he could be feel more like he was a peer with mm-hmm. and or, or some character like an old man who collects potato potato chips you know those kind of weird guests <laughs> and a notorious interview with Shasky. Dolly Parton uh- <laughs> What would they call that where you grew up in Tennessee? In a, I, uh, Gothic, I can't uh, say. Healthy? Yeah. Healthy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, um, boozy. What did you ask me just before that? Have you <laughs> always... Used, oh, the, well, yeah. Young, I've always I mean, been uh, pretty well blessed. People are always uh, asking if they're real. And, oh, I, no, I would uh, never. I would I never, you see. No, you don't have to ask. I would not. I'll tell you what. These are my... I have certain guidelines on <laughs> But I would give about a year's pay to peek under there. <laughs> but anyway, one story I thought was kind of interesting. He uh, he tells the story of one night, uh, and you know, uh, Doc Severinsen, the band leader, he always had these outrageous outfits that he would wear. Mm-hmm. The crazier, the better. And w- one night, he, the show begins, and they show Doc, and he's wearing this outfit that's festooned with feathers and beads. And Johnny goes, oh, Andrew, where did you where you get that outfit? And, and Doc says, oh, Johnny, uh, this is a gift uh, to me from the uh, uh, Indian tribe, the Fakawis, the Indian tribe. And says, oh, I never heard of them before. And and so when Doc says the name of the tribe, the Fakawis, uh, most of the band and a, Ed McMahon and a few other people. Uh, start laughing, but the audience, for the most part, doesn't laugh. Mm-hmm. It's it's like an inside joke. Oh, <laughs> and uh, and the, and so they keep they keep this thing going. It becomes the punchline for the next several weeks, because Johnny loved to tweak the uh, NBC censors and stuff. Of course. And, and uh, so, and, and apparently, it refers to this old joke about a, uh, a renegade Indian tribe back in the 1800s that was would be pillaging villages and all that sort of thing. And so they bring in the U.S. Calvary with the idea that we've got, we've got to, we've got to catch this Indian tribe and bring them to justice. So the, so the captain of the, uh, of the uh, military troop, horseback troop hires a scout who's going to supposed to help them find uh, the Fakawi tribe. And, uh, but the scout privately is terrified that he'll catch up with them because he knows they're crazy and they'll probably, you know, shoot him too, mm-hmm. fill him full of arrows. So he purposely drags the cavalry uh, around uh, all over the West into box canyons and wherever and on purpose because he doesn't want to catch up with the tribe. 
And finally, the, the punchline of the, of the whole story is that at one point, the exasperated captain turns to the scout and says, this is crazy. We've been going around here for weeks. Where the fuck are we? <laughs> okay, that's very good. So, but they, but in on the Tonight Show, they kept this joke going for weeks because the censors funny. didn't know, didn't know, didn't know the joke, and so they didn't know what they were getting away with. This, I love stupid stuff like that. Yeah, that is so, very funny. Um, so, what are you up to? Last time I think we did this, you had sustained a uh, game time injury, yeah. and uh, we're on the IR, as they say. Are you? How are you doing now? Yeah, I'm, uh, for people just maybe popping into this podcast that don't know, I stupidly was trying to shovel snow so that my dogs could go outside, <laughs> and this was a few weeks ago, and I did something to my shoulder. It's not life-threatening, but it's a huge it's inconvenience. Not. So now, oh. and I'm doing physical therapy, and it's so boring, and I do... And now I have to do this little rubber band stretchy thing where I have to tie this big band to a door. And I think that I maybe hurt my other shoulder by doing exercises that are supposed to strengthen my bad shoulders. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Do you remember, but, and I know you do, that we I, used to do this bit on the radio that people seem to get a kick out of. I don't Where we would see. play, yes. I think we would play this song. Maybe I'm wrong, but you, you, the, the premise was that you, Lisa Foster, were, would just inexorably uh, drawn to, yes. uh, I mean, you couldn't control yourself when you right. heard a certain song. Yeah. Uh, you had to dance. You had to dance. You, you had the Gotta music dance. in you, and you yeah. had to dance. Yeah. And, and it always ended the same way. It was tap way. dancing. It was tap dancing. Yeah, it was tap dancing. It'd be like, it'd <laughs> Don't be ask like, me why it was tap dancing, but yeah. Well, for, for, for people that used to listen to our radio show, or for those who didn't, uh, would you would you Well, it would, it would always end, and, it would always end bad. Well, I don't want to recreate it. I really yeah, why don't not? want to recreate it. Because I just, I don't, I don't think I could do it justice. It was 45 years ago. No, but, it And I don't even 45. remember exactly. But I just, I do remember that it was, it always All you ended, have to do... You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is let the sound effects take over, and then you know how it ends. Okay? Let's do it. Okay. What do you want me to do? You know what happens at the end of your dance routine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, so okay. here we go. Okay. Well, Saturday night, and I just got paid. About the money, don't try to save. That's a nice tune, isn't it? Oh, no, don't put the tap shoes on. Lisa. Slow down, please. Do not, don't dance on the table. That's not good. You know how this is going to go. Lisa, please. For the love of God, slow down, would you please? Take it easy. Don't do this. Careful. Watch out! Oh, no. Oh, the humanity. Oh. This is the worst. Mm. Oh. oh, boy. I hope there are no kids in this thing right now. 
Oh, jeez. Come on. This is the most horrible thing I've ever witnessed. Oh, I thought it was over. Why does this always happen? Ow. Don't even look at it. Don't, not, don't, I'm don't not, breathe on it, for what, God's sake. Don't do that. Uh, what, don't what, even look at it. Ow. What, what happened? Oh, I can't tell. I can't. I can't. What, what, You're what, looking what, at it again. Stop, stop. I just want to know what the, no. what the specific injury is. What did you do to yourself? I just... Look at it. You can see clearly that I've hurt my thing. Oh, Don't yeah. look at it. <laughs> so dumb. That's so I dumb. I hurt my thing. That would I be the ending thing. of the bit. Yeah, I, I hurt yeah. my thing. Sweet. Don't right, see, touch my thing. It's, now see, it's, that's real radio right there. <laughs> exactly. Like what I today. what I loved was that Dustin would it it first started with just sort of a, a minor crash, but he would embellish it time after time, and sometimes the crash would go on longer yeah. than well, the at, actual song. Yeah, at my <laughs> behest, we'd laugh. make. We'd make the crash just as horrible as we could. Yes, exactly. And, uh, but but the punchline was always the same. The, the yeah. same. I've heard my thing. So in our own little way, we were trying to get away with uh, something with at least a single, if not double entendre. I suppose. Fun so, stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I did hurt. I hurt my thing shoveling snow. Hey, and um, um, so uh, there you go. But I'll be fine. I live a very boring life. I do want to tell you this. Yes. I am incredibly uninteresting, and I'm finding that now after... I'm finding that more so now that I've been home for almost a year. I haven't traveled for business for a year. Mm, I wow. am so bored with my... Do you ever get bored with yourself? Oh, I yeah. Am, well, who, is, who doesn't? I'm sure so, Einstein did. I'm so bored I wish I would stop thinking of these things. <laughs> I'm so bored with myself. Not with life, just myself. I'm like, oh my God, you do the same thing every day. Every single day. I'm so boring. Well, everybody has has, has been having to do the same thing. I know, but they, they're time. saying they're bored of life. They're not saying they're bored of themselves. I'm bored of myself. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm really uninteresting and, and need to no, I, I, I need to get some new skills or something to be interesting i have nothing to talk to you about mm. uh, the only thing i have to tell you is that i hurt my thing how that's so uninteresting well i heard someone once say don't try to be interesting try to be interested you say to me so how have you been what have you been up to what are you doing and i go oh yeah and i don't have anything interesting to tell you well, you can make stuff up that's what <laughs> I, I suppose do. i could i've been I, writing a book yeah. um i built a yurt I knocked I, off a liquor store. I knocked off yeah, a something. liquor store. Yeah. I uh, got chicken pox. Hey, I, by the way, by the way uh, I have something that, and you and I have known each other a very long time. 
Yes. And I have never talked about this, but I uh, w- watched a recent, uh, very uh, widely covered uh, television interview the other day. Yeah. And I, uh, and it prompts me to have to tell you something that I never told you before. Oh, gosh. This is interesting because I know I feel like I know almost everything about yeah, you. Yeah, well, uh, there's no easy way to say it. I'm just oh, going to no. come right out with it. What? <laughs> uh, I have been keeping a secret from you and uh, indeed my own family for a very long time. What my were you own... watching first? Can you tell me what you were watching? Um, I think it'll be obvious when I tell you what, oh. <laughs> what my, I can't hardly my wait. untold secret is. And is that I, I, I don't want this to sound like I'm bragging because this is something I'm trying to put. I, I did haven't wanted to talk about all these years. I am a member Uh-oh. of a royal family. Um, you uh, this are? is long be- long before you and I ever knew each other. Uh, we I am a member, uh, not a not the most prominent member, but a significant member of the British royal family. You are yes. Pat Cashman mm-hmm. is a, me- Pat is Cashman a member. Is a f- Pat Cashman is a fake name I adopted. I essentially what? almost became a part of a, uh, you know, uh, witness protection program of sorts. Uh, although you're, uh, the only one being protected is, is me. I just I got fed up with being a part of the royal family. And I now at one can I point, ask you a question? Yes. Were you born into it, or did you marry into it? Which how did you get become a part of it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not you laughing know? at you. I'm see, looking yeah, at I something understand. funny. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I, uh, so. You know, it's been so long since I've actually <laughs> thought about it. You don't remember? That I don't fully remember oh, how. Oh, okay. I became well, you are of... getting up there in age. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, so what happened? Well, I just had a falling out <laughs> with uh, my mother, um, uh, who uh, is still alive. Yeah. By the way, she's still with us. Uh, but what we happened? haven't we haven't spoken in oh boy sixty uh, sixty years at least. <laughs> what? I, I yeah maybe maybe not that long. But I uh, I I decided an, as a boy, as a very very young boy, that I just didn't want to be any part of it. Like when I you were what three or four? Yeah, like three or four. <laughs> uh, sometimes it takes was it people in a royal family to take a little longer than that. Uh, but I knew, yeah. I just knew almost straight out of the womb that, no, nah, this is not for me. Yeah. I, I don't want, I don't want any part of it. You can take your money. You can Why take not? your, your titles seems and like all a, that. It seems like a pretty cushy gig. What, 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 what well, turned you I'll, off to that whole way of life? Well, now the memory is so hazy that I'm thinking, God, what a stupid thing to do. I'd be on easy street right now if I just hung in there for a while. <laughs> But I just, well, they you know, you, you know back. when you're three, you know when you're three years old, you know, you know how it is. You just, you just think yeah, you the make whole rash world revolves. Decisions <laughs> you do. Yeah, yeah, I made a yeah, bad decision about my rash think too. It through. Yeah. Don't, so yeah, I, I, uh, I just, let, I don't mean to make a big thing wow. of it, and I hope it doesn't go any farther than this podcast. No, I'm not going to say anything. But uh, I am. Trust me, I am never going to repeat that story ever. So w- when I saw this Oprah interview the other day with. <laughs> Meghan yes. Markle and, and Harry, what's his name? Yeah, Harry, uh, Prince Harry, or I, maybe you know, I, and you know me, I've always told you I couldn't, could not care less about the royal family and all of that business. I know, no, but maybe uh, but, that's why you've always said that to me. I never really knew why. Yeah, I was in denial. I think 
as much as anything. <laughs> Sounds like it. But Did I, so- but but when I heard the salacious details of this, yes. uh, I, I thought, know. my God, I'm gonna have to watch this, and so I did. Uh, just I know. Watch it, yeah, pretty juicy, huh? Well, I didn't watch all of it. I've watched clips here and there. Um, as I- they say, there were some bombshell things that yeah. came out in this interview. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure catch by up now that it. people are. Yeah, I'm sure people who are listening to this now know what we're talking about. Probably have already seen it. Well, for us, we're taping today. It just aired last night, so I'm going to probably pick. uh, I had stuff to do yesterday, so I might um, look. So you you said it's worth a sit down. It's a two-hour deal, isn't it? I I think it is. It's really long. And then, of course, uh, on the following day, CBS Morning News. Yes, that's where uh, I saw some of the stuff. You know, they bring in... uh, Gail King's best buddy Oprah for even more things that you didn't see in the two hours. Uh, yeah, and, and I didn't watch any of that. I figured, well, the best stuff was going to be in the show, right? Not, not later. She said it was a three-hour-plus interview that they had to then edit down to two hours. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting whether you care about the royal family or not. Yeah, uh, and, and we'll have to see how this goes, but it will be. Uh, it could if this. And the and the most bombshelly part of it is, of course, this suggestion that there's a racist aspect to mm-hmm. uh, the attitude towards Meghan Markle by the royal, if not the royal family itself, the what do they call it? The firm, the people that the firm kind of run the right. run the uh, run the castles and all that stuff. It's kind of the staff or the administrative part of it. I uh, think the. The thing that just was just so distasteful to me was somebody asking them what color is the baby. Yeah, uh, that's, on that's their what first I'm baby. To. And she yeah. made that first. Uh, they made that very clear that it was not his grandmother, and not his grandfather, which would be the Queen of England, of course, and then Prince Philip. So yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, what was it? Your dick brother who said that? I want to know who said it, but they won't. They're not. Uh, they Oprah's like, I tried to get it out of him, but they're not saying. But I mean, what a dick thing to say to somebody. Well, don't you think it's a dick thing to say? But it's also, Jesus. I went. I think we can also assume it's predicated on uh, what's actually in their heart and head. At least whoever said it. Well, uh, you you wouldn't volunteer something like that unless there was something that was actually then, front of mind for you. I know, which is a stupid thing to say. And then, yeah. you know, somebody could always say, oh, I was just joking. I hate when people say that. It's like like that gives you some sort of license then to be a dick. Just joking never, ever uh, is, a re- is a good enough reason for me. <laughs> no, no. Well, you don't joke about certain things, and that would be one of them. Exactly. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. So you All watched right. the whole thing. You sat and watched the whole thing. Well, I was in and out of the room. Yeah. I, but I I'd already seen uh, the highlight stuff on a right. on a yeah, very early morning radio show. So yeah, a TV I've seen show. So that too. So yeah, it. Uh, well, I, but, well, but I think well. the fallout of it is going to be. Uh, I think it could be rather considerable, and it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt my feelings. If, if they the, just went away, if the not, royal not, family not make, yeah, yeah. got marginalized and yeah, just dismissed, absolutely, because they, yeah. they they're an anachronism of the first order and they shouldn't be around anymore, right? M- much less, <laughs> much less generating any interest from the rest of us. So, and I'm a fan of the Crown, the show, the Crown. You, I oh, know it's you a great are show. too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's sounding like that is actually a bit a more because in the beginning they were like, well, you need to let everybody know that this is fiction. And now it's becoming clear that maybe it's not so far from the yeah. truth. 
Indeed. Yeah, it, uh, and uh, I think uh, Harry, uh, Prince Harry said, uh, you know, th this smacks a lot of, is not identical to what happened to my mother, to his Diana, mother. But, yeah, but this same thing where she's crying <clears throat> out for help, wants to be listened to, wants mm -hmm. to be respected, and, and she's not getting it. And no. so once again, yeah. in this you're case, they said- told to know your place. Yeah, Before, you're told to know your place. You know, I, I like to think I was a pioneer of sorts in, in thumbing my nose and moving on from the royal family. Yeah. Uh, and I maybe maybe Harry and Meghan uh, knew about my travails and somehow took inspiration from it. I don't want to take too much credit for it, but... Yeah. Uh, well, they, it's good uh, to know that you have a relative here now, so you yeah. guys can probably yeah. meet up and stuff. You'd probably have to present a DNA test, though. I don't know mm, that he's going to look at yeah. you and go, well... Yeah, it's really going to just be my word yeah. <laughs> against uh, yeah. the rest of the world because I don't actually have any right. uh, <clears throat> proof. I don't have a birth certificate or anything. Yeah. Uh, it's just that I have a I have a pretty pretty clear memory, even though, like I said, I was only three or four years old. <laughs> uh, well, don't worry. I am not going to repeat this okay. story to that, anybody. That's, that's all I can ask. That's all I can ask. Should we uh, should we put a cork in this silly bottle of let's just craziness? Put a cork in it. Yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. This is the joke of the day. Joke mm -hmm. of the podcast. Okay. Uh, be, before I move on, though, it, it, besides the fact that you're driving yourself bored, I'm so silly, are, are you I'm okay? So bored. I'm okay, but I'm just I am bored with myself. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, uh, you know, you could set your own house on fire or something like that. <laughs> I know that's what I'm worried about. That I'm so bored, I'm going to do something reckless. Just oh, don't create, do that. Don't just do to that. create some excitement in my this life. This podcast is reckless enough. <laughs> but thank you for listening to me You're bitch welcome. about how boring I am. A man who had been in a mental institution for a long time finally seemed to have improved What's to his the name, point. Pat. Well, let's just say it was. All right. A man named Pat, who had been in a mental institution for some years, partially under the delusion that he was a member of the royal family at one time, seemed, though, to have improved to the point where he might be released. The psychiatrist who headed up the institution with commendable caution, however, decided, well, before I release him, I, I better interview him first. So the psychiatrist said, and <clears throat> I'm going to just do this kind of voice. Okay. Tell me, <laughs> if we release you, are we considering, uh, and, and we are considering doing that, uh, what do you intend to do with your life should we release you from this mental institution? And the inmate said, well, Pat said, well, you know, a doctor would be wonderful to get back to real life, and if I do, I will certainly ref refrain from making, you know, my, my previous mistake. Uh, I was a nuclear physicist, you know. Did you know that? I did not know that. Uh, yeah, it's true. I was a nuclear physicist, doctor, and it was the stress of my work in weapons research that helped to put me here. Now, if I'm released... I'm going to confine myself to work only in pure theory, where I trust the situation is going to be a lot less difficult and a lot less stressful. Well, that's wonderful news. That's, in fact, that's marvelous. Or else, 
doctor. I, I might teach, you know. There's something to be said for spending one's life in developing a new generation of scientists, so that's something I could do. Oh, yes, absolutely. That's a wonderful idea. And then, and then again, you know, doctor, as I think this through a little bit, I might write. Yeah, I might, I might do some writing because there's a lot of need for books on science for the general public, uh, even beyond what Bill Nye's doing, you know. I, I might even write a novel based on my experiences here in this fine institution. Well, that's an interesting possibility. Yeah, and, and then, you know, if, if none of those things appeal to me, well, I can always continue to be a tea kettle. I didn't say what's up. Oh okay, I didn't see it coming, but it didn't land really. Yeah. It was yeah. good. I didn't stick the landing. What did the judges okay. say? It was okay. Oh, I will not be advancing. <laughs> and I will show them anyway and jump the hedges first. And I will drink the clean, clean water for to quench my thirst. And I shall watch the ferry boats and they'll get high On a bluer ocean against tomorrow's sky And I will never grow so old again And I will walk and talk in gardens all wet with rain Whoa. for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration.